Good evening, Vancouver. Welcome back to Canucks After Dark, 10 p.m. on Monday, July 10th. As always, joined by my co-host, Canuck Clay. How are you doing tonight, Clay? Parker, I am doing great. We still have stuff to talk about. It's, uh, yeah, it's, we're getting into July, and believe it or not, we have another eventful weekend. But before that, speaking of eventful weekend, Gil and I celebrated 23 years of marriage bliss i know you'll get there thank you i thank you i know you get there eventually but uh yeah it was a, we had a great weekend relaxing weekend as i'm trying to follow jersey numbers and contract signing which i know we're going to get to in a little bit how are you how are you i'm good i'm good it's been it's been busy but things are good good uh, yeah no nothing 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 to report um okay. okay we've got we've got two scintillating topics tonight um <laughs> so it probably won't be the uh it probably won't be the most exciting but we'll try to make it fun we'll take a lot of your questions maybe later on um yes. we've got yeah two topics and then and then the people and then that'll be it by the way uh before we get started taylor thank you taylor Betts, betting on us saying love you guys using membership message for five months now so thank you taylor for your support as always appreciate it thank you yes 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 all right, so might as well. I mean, we might as well kick it off with our big topic of the night. This is oh yeah. You know, everyone has been talking about this. Um, it was all over, you know, NHL Network, ESPN, etc. Uh, Canucks big signing of Niels Hoaglander. <laughs> Very Two good. Two years. Nicely done. It is the biggest topic. That's the sad thing. Uh, Niels Hoaglander, two years. What was it? One point one million dollars yeah. per year. Uh, yes, on his basically bridge deal. Yep, yep. And as we just before we analyze it, because we we uh, we love to recognize and honor the people that support us. Fangirl using her twelve month membership message to uh, to shout out. So thank you, Fangirl, for that. Fangirl actually shares her birthday is our wedding anniversary, so we're not allowed to forget each other's milestones. So thank you, Fangirl, for being here. Thank you. All right. Yes, um, uh, very quickly, uh, I did a quick, 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 quick vlog about this. It was un, uh, not unexpected, and it was fine. They're, they're, Canucks are pretty good about these second contracts, Parker. It, mm-hmm. When they don't have to extend long, like Hughes, best, uh, sorry, Hughes and Horvat, for example. I remember Vertanen, they gave two years 1.2. Demko, they gave two years 1.05. So this 1.1 is, is right in that wheelhouse of a, of a player who hasn't done a lot yet, but they're not ready to give up on just yet. Is that fair to say? Yeah, and it's not like he had a lot of leverage, right? I mean, yeah. he's an RFA. Yeah. Like, could he have been offer sheeted? I guess. Um, could he have? Was he eligible to be offer sheeted? He should have been, right? Eh, I, I, I don't know the rules, man. I, I get so confused. I don't either, but he's played enough games, I think. Um, yeah. And he didn't go to college, so it should be fine. Either way, I mean, <laughs> he had that breakout year basically yep. right after he got drafted, right? Got drafted in 2019. Uh, second round, he was like the first person from that draft to sign an entry level contract. The Canucks were pretty excited about him. And oh, then that's right. basically a year later, uh, he goes out for the Canucks, puts up half a point per game, 27 yep. points in 56 games. Great. And then he regressed a bit the following year under, I mean, the team was bad. And then under Boudreaux, uh, he basically got stuck there. Uh, and that carried on into last season, only nine points in 25 games before being yeah. sent down to Abbotsford, uh, where he was pretty all right. Uh, 32 points in 45 games in Abbotsford, six points in six games in the playoffs. Uh, mm. And in the playoffs, he was very noticeable um, in right. my two, uh, two viewings as well. Well, that's two more viewings than I had. So what, what do we like about the first year? We liked that he had a hockey IQ. You could see that decent hands, really, really tenacious, especially in the offensive zone. And yeah, it showed some offensive ability. You're right, 27 points in 56 games. Then in the two seasons where he wasn't as good, I think maybe a bit of his confidence slipped, Parker. And I, I think the biggest thing is for both Boudreaux and even, no, he got sent down before Tockett. So under uh, Boudreaux really was... I guess his lack of detail defensively and not just in the defensive zone, but actually maybe not the strongest play in the neutral zone and even in the offensive zone. So uh, that kind of comes part and parcel with a, a young player. So I, I'm not overly concerned, but I think as it's definitely coming to that time where he's got to really start to just like put Colson, who's the same, same draft year. He's got to start to really make a move pretty soon. 
Yeah. Do you think so? Obviously, we yeah. have um, you know training camp coming up. Yeah. Do you think opening night Niels Hoaglander is in the lineup? I think he's on the roster, so I'm going to buy myself one or two extra forward spots. I think he's on the roster, yeah, but um, um, I, I know we've talked about the waiver thing. I, I believe, uh, basically, I think it's one more game left. As, as soon as the Canucks bring him up, they're not going to bring him back down uh, without risking waivers, right. so, so they got to be sure. So it's either you start him in Abbotsford, then bring him up later, or you start him on the big club. Uh, I think he's got a good shot to make one of the bottom six uh, spots. I really do. I don't think he's going to crack the top six, but his agent was even on, I think it was on Scarce and Price or somewhere today talking about how they expect him to battle for a, a bottom six spot. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's probably about right. I think that really, again, they will move a winger at some point. Yeah. Right? And I think that has to happen, right, for him. Um, you know, give him an extra spot to have a chance to make. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he's not, you know, the Canucks have a lot of wingers and a lot of sort of medium level wingers. If they think they can get the same level of play out of someone else and again sort of save that waiver designation, yeah, then maybe they maybe they keep him low. Um, but That's a good point. And you also have to think, okay, do you want him playing? He's only twenty two. Yeah, twenty three in December. Do you want him playing? You know, top line minutes in Abbotsford, or do you want him playing fourth line minutes here? Maybe third line minutes here. Sure. Um, with maybe a, a touch of PP two every once in a while. Yeah. Um, where would you land on that? Uh, I think for now, uh, time is now. I, I really think he got his Abbotsford, and I'm not saying at all that he's too good for Abbotsford, but mm-hmm. yet you you mentioned it. He had you know he, he shot up to point seven one points per game. He shot up to a point per game in the playoffs. To me, that that's a player who's who learned who who took this demotion. That's kind of a strong word, but the assignment seriously. And I do expect him to be in the, in the roster, by the way, uh, let's keep talking about this. But, um, while we've been talking, waxing on waxing poetic about Niels Hoglander, Carol gifts five CAD memberships. So they go to Peter, Angus, Kai, uh, Abby and Derek. So thank you, Carol. And then Lucas comes in with a $5 donation. I just gotta, can you, do you have it up or I can find it? I do have it up. Awesome. Canucks ECHL going back to Kalamazoo in 2023-2024. Funny town name, but nice to be linking up with the Wings again. Yeah, and maybe that could be our third topic. A uh, very quick uh, mention that more developmental opportunities for Canucks prospects. But thank you, Lucas, for mm-hmm. the donation. Thank That's you. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, I going back to Hoaglander, I'm sort of on the same page. Uh, yeah. You know, I think, I think you're getting to the point as a winger, 22-23. That's where you start to become who you're going to be. Now, Hoaglander, yeah. again, showed that showed that potential right he's he sort of pulled a brock besser on us here right like he showed like rookie year you're like man this guy's gonna be really good right we looked at him and we thought okay this is gonna be i mean he was on like a 40 point pace in his first season like, yeah this could be a guy who's putting up 60 65 points a year on your second line forever right that would be great and then the following year he gets 18 points right, right. so yes yes yeah yes. he needs to take that step he needs to take it soon um and if he does take that step, if he goes back, let's say he goes back to his rookie level, right? And he's yep. a 35, 40 point guy playing on the third line, making $1.1 million. Yeah. It's great value for the team, right? Yes. Like really good value for the team. Uh, and I think yep. um, that would go a big way if they are trying to make a push this year to make the playoffs. Uh, Hoaglander could be a, a, a nice little chunk of value to help. I agree. Great point about the value, especially on a team that needs more of that. Um, yeah, and I love your comparison. The only, only difference between Besser and Hoglander is about uh, $4.75 million over the next, over the, their fourth year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that does make a difference, eh? Just a bit, just a bit. But yes, I, I share your sentiment of we've seen, I, I guess that's the challenging thing, right, Parker? We've seen the flashes. We know what he's capable of. Now it's the, the consistency, the maturity, the professionalism to do that on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean, I love the player. Yeah, like, I, I really like Niels Hoaglander. He, he, he's got the tools. Just needs to get it together, and yeah. um, like he can be a, he can be a real impact player. Who um, do you see him as ideal line mates for him? Like, uh, I know if we're not talking top six, then you're really looking at centermen of like Bluger or Dries or Oman. So I'm not not the the best ever. But who do you see him playing with? Yeah, if we're talking something like Bluger, uh, I mean. I mean, who's getting moved, right? Are we, yeah. are, are we assuming Garland gets moved here? Right, um, right, right, right. Yeah, uh, I mean, mm, I, I don't know, right? Because 
do you want him playing across from Pod Colson? I don't know. It doesn't feel great, right? Maybe Dakota Joshua. Though, didn't Joshua and Pod Colson play kind of well together last year? They're okay. Point? Yeah. How about how about? Uh, I'm being serious here. I'm not being sarcastic. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know why I have to qualify it like that. How about Hoglander, Pearson, and Bluger? I forgot Tanner Pearson existed. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that makes sense as like a third right? line. Yeah, I think, exactly. I think that's pretty decent because I mean I'm looking at sort of the depth chart and I'm like, yeah, there's no Pearson on here. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, which one goes right? Is it Bavillier or Garland or yeah, right? Uh, yep. Assuming McKayev's healthy and et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Yeah, yep. I, I guess I guess Pearson would be the natural one to be on the third line. I mean, he's not yep. he's not going to be in the top six ahead yep. of. You know, Kuzmenko, Mikheyev, Besser, Garland, or Bavillier, whichever one's Correct. still here. Right. Um, yeah, so then what, you go you go Pearson and Hoagland are together, and then who do you stick Pod Colson with? You don't want to put Pod Colson and Pearson together? like Yeah, whatever. that's true. Yeah, no, that's true. And then maybe you're looking like Amon, Joshua, and Pod Colson as your fourth. And that's not terrible. Yeah. I think it might be good for Pod Colson to get some like defensive role and and mm-hmm. that line mm-hmm. has a little bit of upside, right? Yep. Like, yep. Like Joshua and Pod Colson. I mean, Joshua scored a couple of goals last year. Pod Colson has had flashes as well, and I mean, yeah. Niels Oman, you know, is Niels Oman doesn't do yep. too much, but again, c- they can contribute offensively a little bit. Um, right. right. I wouldn't hate that. Again, I I yeah. just don't love seeing Pod Colson getting fourth line minutes. I, right. I hear you. I, I, I want to see. I wanted. I want to see him get more. Um, but I think when you start to piece it together, that doesn't sound like a bad bottom six, right? Bluger, right. Pearson, Hoaglander as a unit, as a third line. Yep. That sounds pretty average to me, right? Yep. Again, some offensive upside. You have at least two players there who have shown flashes offensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then your fourth line. The fourth line makes me nervous. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like Joshua there. Um, mm-hmm. Oman is scary a little bit sometimes. Same with Pod Colson. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think... But again, they're getting, what, like 11 minutes a night? It's probably fine. Yep. And you're right. Those, those combinations of of Hoglander, Pearson, uh, surrounding Bluger, and then Pod Colson and Joshua with Oman, that's predicated exactly on one of Besser, Bovillier, Garland getting moved. Because if, for instance, we presume it's... P.D. McKay of Kuzmenko, just for argument's sake. And then right. you have Miller, Besser, and one of Bovillier Garland. If no one moves, one of those guys is going to likely drop to the third line. And now Hoglander Pearson's dropping down. So you can see right. the triple effect, the, the trickle effect, but you can see why we have to move one of those guys. Right. And then Pod Coles yeah. is not even in the lineup. It, right? Exactly. Yes. And, yes. And, and, and Trevor makes a point here, uh, feeling like Pod Coles needs top six time to develop properly. Um, I think that's partially fair. And again, playing offensive roles helps. However, people are going to get hurt, right? Yep. There's going, there's going to be an injury in the top six at some point, And someone's yep. going to have to step up, whether that's Pod Colson, whether it's Pearson, whether it's Hoaglander, someone will, they will get opportunities in those roles, right? They might get the occasional minute on power play too. They, you know, the, the Canucks are going to lose three games in a row at some point and they're going to shuffle the lines, right? Yeah. We know it'll happen. Um, so I wouldn't be, you know, opening night roster is sort of what we're focused on. I, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't look at him and be like, oh, Pod Colson's a fourth liner all year. He might right. get, you know, some opportunities to move up. Great point about injuries. Yeah, things could change within the first week of the season. But I know I, I enjoy speaking about line combos and deep pairings, and I know mm-hmm. our subscribers and our viewers they love that because it's it's tangible, it's real, and it's the first thing that we. Th- we look for when when practice starts. It's the first thing we look for when warm up starts. So I asked you, Parker. Let's go to the top of the lineup. Would you go Pedersen with Kuzmenko and Mikheyev as they started the year, or would you go Pedersen with Kuzmenko and Bovillier as they ended the year? I don't think Bovillier is even in the lineup. Wow! Wow! I, I don't know. I, I again, there hasn't really been much smoke around Bovillier, but it just seems like the easiest <laughs> one for me to get rid of. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. I. Yeah, it's a fun line with Mikheyev up there. Oh yeah, but especially a health it, it, a healthy Mikheyev, right? Yes, right. Which yeah, we yeah, didn't yeah. get to see. Yeah, I wonder if Bavillier is more like useful hmm. with them, but I don't know. Right? It's uh, they, again, they looked all right last year. Um, yeah. 
I would like to see with Mikheyev, though, although I, I think, you know, if you if you demote Mikheyev to the Miller and Besser line, I think you're doing okay there, too. Yeah, yeah. So do we agree that the pairings, and we know we talk about pairings and adding a third person, Yeah. would you agree that it's Petey and Kuzmenko and then Miller and Besser right now? As yeah, the two? that seems yeah. like a gimme. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then, yeah. yeah, you can sort of, you know, slot in as you please there. And then, yeah, that leaves basically Garland, Bavillier, and Mikheyev as yep. your three wingers for the for the other two spots. Correct. Um, and one Correct. of them will be gone, and it won't be Mikheyev. <laughs> no, I agree with you. Yeah, Mikheyev's a... They, they, they want to see what they have, obviously. And he, yeah, he got hurt right away. Okay, yeah. I agree with you that Bouvillier is the easiest to trade. Uh, smallest uh, AAV, 4.1, and one year left, right? That's it. It's just got the yes. one year. Correct. Bester's got two, Garland's got three. Does that sound right? Sounds right to me. Okay. Okay. All right. Any other fierce uh, lineup pr- uh, predictions while we're, we're on that topic? I don't think so. I mean, I'm starting to look at it, and it's starting to feel okay. Right? Yeah, I mean the forwards were never really the problem. Um, yeah. but I mean you look at the D and half of them weren't here last year. Yes, just, I mean I'm including Hronik in there. I mean, yeah, me what, too. Four games, right? Like, yeah, he didn't. Yeah, yeah. He, he yeah. wasn't a part of the team. Um, yeah. you know I'm I'm, I'm going to get that stupid optimism that's going to slowly build for the next three months, and then <laughs> they'll make make me sad. Um, yeah. I mean it's a team that can be decent, especially if this sure. penalty kill figures it out. That's really yes. the 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 one problem yeah but you're right backup goalie maybe yeah yeah that too but you're right whether you know i i keep, I keep flip-flopping between heronic and heronic but basically that guy that guy and Solon and colin susie they're basically replacing oel bear and take your pick i man i i totally misheard you there when you said cole and susie I thought you just thought Carson Susie's first name was Colin, and I was very confused. <laughs> Colin would be a tough name to have. That would I, I, be I, sad. Yeah. Co- Colin's okay, but yeah, but I better not touch that literally or figuratively. So I think <laughs> that was horrible. Yeah, I, I just I'm I I think I said this last week. I'm treat, I'm treating Philip Peronik as a free agent. Basically, he played four games. You're right, and he looked good in yeah. three of them. The fourth game, he's I think they they knew they had to shut him down because he was really bad in that fourth game. But he yeah. come on, he's basically a a brand new player for us too. So that's that's why I'm excited for sure. Yeah, By the way, can't be oh, yeah. worse. <laughs> yes, uh, revenge of the sixth. Nice. Pearson was a huge liability before injury. Slow and too many penalties. Probably worse with the latest injury. Well, I'll let Parker talk about the injury and how that might affect him. I just know that he's uh, he's like a Swiss Army knife in that he's low maintenance. He's a veteran player, and he's the type of player that coaches love because you can play him, maybe not top line, but anywhere from second to fourth line, and you know that he's going to play an honest game, even if his skills are eroding. What do you think, Parker? Yeah, I, it's pretty known that I'm not the biggest Tanner Pearson fan. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, um, however... Tanner Pearson in a bottom six role, I think mm-hmm. is pretty useful. Um, you know, too many penalties. Sure. Maybe uh, yep. worse with the latest injury. I mean, if, if his speed is your concern, that didn't get worse uh, with, <laughs> with a hand injury. I hope unless something really went wrong. Um, no, I, I, I totally see where you're coming from though. Uh, he, he, he has, he hasn't been fantastic. He was decent. Uh, was that two in like the first year of his contract? Remember, he got the contract three by three and a quarter. The first year, I, I didn't like it. And then he was pretty good year one of that contract. Then last year was year two, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Mm. He's on the last year of that deal now? Yep. Uh, so yep. last yep. year, he wasn't great. And then he got hurt. Um, so I don't know. It, it's tough to say. I, I think... You can't move him right now with that hand injury that he's coming right. off of. Um, I mean, we'll see how he goes in training camp. But, I mean, if I think if you're putting him on the third line with, like you said, like Bluger and Hoaglander, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that might be a decent piece as long as his shot isn't totally gone with that hand injury, right? Like, he, right, he, can, right. he can score from time to time. Yep. Um, that would be one of my main concerns. But if that is fully healed and there's no real issues from it, I don't see any reason he could have couldn't have been skating with it right like yep. you know keep the legs active and um so i wouldn't be too down on uh right. on tanner pearson but good point about his speed not the fastest guy to uh start with no. so if he's not kept, keeping up with his conditioning or at least not gaining the, the game shape could be challenging by the way shannon 
Shannon Hollingworth, she gifts five Canucks After Dark memberships. So welcome to membership, McDeezy, Yashu, and Chris, and Lil Jimmy. <laughs> I love that name. And. Lil, yes, and 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 yes. So thank you, Shannon, for the donation, and welcome to membership, the five of you. Wow, a lot of members today. That's awesome. Wow. Yes, that that's very good. Great. Thank you very much, Shannon. Um, so the, our Hoaglander conversation spiraled a little bit, um, but I <laughs> think that was uh, that was good, and it, it is starting to sort of come together. I think yeah. maybe. Um, all right, let's talk about. Do you want to talk numbers? Sure. YouTuber told me to that I have to uh, back up a bit, so he said my mic is so loud. <laughs> yeah, maybe you can turn that down the settings a little bit. Why don't I, I just sit that, back here? That no, is not better. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, so as for, I mean, I put this in the title and I put it in the thumbnail to be kind of, you know, inflammatory, um, the Ian Cole situation. Um, so Ian Cole and Teddy Bluger and Carson Soucy, I guess they're all their numbers got announced on Canucks Twitter. Um, and Ian Cole had selected number 28, which has not been worn for the Vancouver Canucks since Luke Bourdon wore that number. Um, was that like 18 years ago? Something like that. Long time ago now. Um, But he was the last one to wear that number. It's one of those like unofficially retired ones, right? Like 2011, 2008. So 15 years. years. Um, And basically Twitter doesn't even erupt. Everyone's like, (laughs) there's somebody like, Oh, there's so much outrage and whatever. Everyone was like, Hmm, that feels a little off. I wonder if he like asked the family, right? Um, or if like, you know, the Canucks ran it by them or if something happened. Um, now what, what I think happens with things like this is there is no one working for the Canucks that was working there 15 years ago. Right. For the most part. Yes. Not in their current positions. That's fair to say. Yes. Right. Like, like the people, the people in charge of them picking their numbers and then like the PR team, like they probably, they might not have realized. And you know, it's one of those things that. They probably should have a little handbook for maybe and says, hey, yep. if someone wants to pick this number, this is what you have to do. Um, yep. Basically, people that were like, I wonder if, you know, if they did that, et cetera, et cetera. And then like a day later, Ian Cole puts out a statement and he's like, I, I don't have it in front of me, but he's basically just like, ah, I, they asked me what number I wanted. I said I wanted 28. Didn't realize, you know, it was uh, I, I didn't realize he that Luke Bordon wore 28. So I'll change my number to 82. Yep. And that was that. Yep. Yeah, it was. And and yeah, <laughs> I, I don't have it in front of me either, but I do I did read it a few times. And basically, yeah, you're right. He admit he said that he was aware of who Luke Bourdon was and that he passed. He was not aware, you're right, that he wore number twenty eight. He also made a point saying that uh, a couple of things I want to bring up, Parker. He said out of respect for Luke and to honor his legacy, which I thought was very classy, mm-hmm. uh, and that he's switching the digits to eighty two. And he did make a point of saying that he's worn 28 since he was 12 years old. And for of the seven previous teams that he played on before Vancouver, for six of them, he wore number 28. And for those people that think, uh, oh, a number, that's not a big deal. It's just a number. No, a lot of people, you get attached. You're, you're almost, almost identified with your number. So mm. I, I, it's, pretty, it's a big deal. And that's why I give even him more respect, more props because this is something that he's worn for basically his entire pro career. And I'm sure it wasn't a flippant decision, but I'm sure it wasn't at the same time. I'm sure it was an easy decision for him. Yeah. And on, on the other side, the fact that it's just, it's just, again, it just kind of looks bad on the Canucks. Like just like just little things like this, right. That, that seem to happen. Just like these random little mini controversies yep. that, that are so easily avoidable. Like they could have, yeah so many people be like hey would this is there something that we don't know about like this little thing and people yeah. would people would pick up on it um so it just it just makes them look like they don't pay attention which is You're right. again sort of on brand again it's not, right. like, it's not like it's a it's not like it's a big deal right it was a there was no malice there was no mm-hmm. you know nothing like that right it was like ah, a guy picked a number and they said okay no one on our team is using that number i look up oh it's not up there either all right mm-hmm. it should be fine right um and it's just like you know someone should have been paying some attention yes and you're right in a perfect world 
Uh, Ian Cole says, I would love to wear number 28. And then right before they go to social and post uh, the, the videos and everything, someone says, oh, actually, just so you know, Ian, uh, that was worn by Luke Bourdon. He passed away 15 years ago. Either we, we'd prefer you not to wear it or do you still want to wear it? Like even that is a little bit better. And then, yeah. oh, yeah, you're right. Good idea. I should switch it. And then no one knows any better. And then they, they come out with a thing that says, Ian Cole is wearing number 82. And then if it comes out later that he switched it because of that, that ma- that's even a better story. Oh, yeah. But, people be like, yeah. oh, he's always worn 28. And then people would put yeah. the pieces together. They'd be like, oh, he yes. switched it to 82. Oh, because, yeah. yeah, and they would have got there, right? Um, yeah. And that would have been a good look, right? But, yes. of course, they... You know, yeah. So, so uh, I want to ask you two other questions about this, Parker, because it was quite fascinating. It just certainly took the Canucks uh, Twitter uh, Twitter world by uh, by storm. I'm not sure if it made it way to threads yet because I'm not on there. So, <laughs> the, two questions. Number one, does um, do uh, how do you react to a fa- and there are many of them in the chat. How many? How do you react to a fan that says, uh, "Yes, sad that Bourdon passed away, but that was 15 years ago. It's not like uh, you know." We retired the jersey. He only played for a season and a half. Da da da. Uh, respectfully, it's time to move on. From a standpoint of, I have no. This fan would say, I have no problem with Ian Cole taking number twenty-eight. Yeah. Do you have time? Do you have time for that argument? Sure. And I, I don't really have a problem with it either. Um, if it wasn't, it's but it's a pretty widespread thing in the NHL, yeah. right? There's a lot of teams that have similar circumstances, right? Where someone passed away, whether they played one season or a handful of seasons for them, and um, you know, and it's just like an unofficially retired thing. Thing is, yeah. right? And I see some comments and, and some people saying, well, it's a number. It's not a big deal. Who cares if he wears the same one? Right. Yeah, it's a number. It's not a big deal. Why can't he just pick another one? Right? Like, it's sort of the same argument both ways. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's such a minor thing. Like, yeah. Oh, oh, we have, there's a couple numbers that, you know, it, it literally, it's two, right? Am I crazy? There's only two numbers that the Canucks have, like, sort of in this unofficial Retire rotation, 11 and 28? Yep. Yeah, like it's two numbers. Yep. Yep. Like it's not a, it's not that oh, big of a uh, deal. Probably Rick Rippin's number, too. No one will right, wear that 37, one. 37, yeah. my bad. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, 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 right. yeah. But, I mean, yeah, that, uh, how long ago did Rick Rippin pass away, right? Like, that's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are, are we going to have this, you know, and like, when is too soon? Because it's, it's never a good time to make that call, right? Yeah. You're going to say yeah. it's 20 years. You're going to say it's 30 years. Well, like, you, you can't be correct really right yeah. so oh, it's safer yes. to just just you know just pick a different number for now right like it's not a big deal yeah. that's actually such a good point parker because now we're getting into subjectives not objectives because viper brings up well what about pavel dimitra and we know that a guy like victor mm-hmm. reskovich in the 2011 run he wore number 38 so so when yeah when is long enough did the player and i'm not being sarcastic here did the player have to pass away while being part of your team or how like there's just so many so many subjective things where it gets a little tricky yeah and i think i think that's what it is Uh, like i I genuinely think that's it right like it's while they are a part of the team um because you know people pass away after not playing you know yeah. of old age or of, of XYZ thing from a different team, right? So yeah, sure. I, I mean, there there is sort of a line and I mean, you could make that argument too, but yep. I think I think the fact that he had already gone to the KHL makes it like a different, uh, a different situation. Sure. Lucas, thank you for the donation. If you ask me if a number that should be in touch, Rip's number should be in touch. I hope 37 goes up the rafter soon. I agree with you that it, it should not be touched uh, for a, a long while, if ever. I'm not sure yeah. if you if you honor it the same way as you honor you know a retired player because of his merit on the ice. So, uh, good, great point. It's always going to be a good discussion point. Thank you for that, Lucas. Appreciate that. And one other question I want to ask you, uh, Parker, uh, and kind of Taylor touched on it. Taylor says only people who are associated to the person personally should be the ones to speak about something, as us fans shouldn't have a say. So, whether or not you agree with the way Taylor worded it, I know you and I were talking about before we pressed the record button that. Um, and you kind of hinted it when you introduced the topic, this really picked up inertia on Twitter, on social, because of the fans of the, not the organization, not the player himself, not the family, as far as we know, but because of the fans. And on on one hand, that's good. It shows how passionate it is, uh, the fan base is. But on another hand, I'm thinking, man, poor Ian Coley just sitting in his apartment or his house saying, I haven't even touched, uh, I haven't put on the jersey yet. And already, so I don't know. Maybe they know that coming in. I, I'm not looking for, he's not yeah, looking for sympathy. But. It depends on how you attack it, right? If yeah. you go out and say, if that, so that 
post comes out and Ian Cole's wearing 28. Yep. If you immediately go on and, and say, wow, Ian Cole's a terrible person. He picked this number to spite, you know, like X, Y, Z. Like he didn't care. Yeah. Like that's, but that's not what happened. People were like, hey, did they realize that like this was like Luke Bourdon's number? Like, did we run it? Did they run it by like the family or do they check or are we just, are they past it? Like, can we get some clarification was sort of the vibe that I got. It was mm. like, hey, can we, you know, can we get, you know, can we clarify? Like, was this a decision that was made or was it an, an accident? Yeah. It turns out it was an accident. Yeah. No, there's no harm, no foul. Right. And, and no one's mad about it. Right. It's yes. just a discussion of, you know, hey, is this, you know, you know, where is that that bar? And and, you know, how, you know, should it be something that teams do, et cetera, et cetera. Like what well, we just went over. Um, yes, I don't yes, think anyone, yes, yes. I, I think, yeah, if you're, if you're being malicious around it, then yeah, then, then I agree with you, Taylor. But otherwise, like, you know, having a conversation about it, I don't think is, uh, you know, again, it, it really is, it's up to the players and, and in this case, the family, if, if they wanted to, but yeah. 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 So now today's Monday night. We know that the first post about the numbers came out on Friday. Then he sent out his statement on Saturday, had one day to rest, uh, overall, do, do you kind of like uh, roll your eyes at it or do you say this is probably a good conversation to have or are you saying this is typical Canucks fandom or Canucks management or do you do you not even care like at the yeah at the end of the look day? people 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 are passionate right yeah there's nothing there's not much else to talk about right now um, and I think people you know they try to be you know they, they try to be compassionate and have you know thoughts of like you know general human decency i feel yes. like you know it's like yes. hey like did you know maybe we should make sure that everything's chill and um no i mean it was it was a slow and it, and it's not even like it was a big thing really right like like there was a few tweets about it that had maybe like 150 likes but for the canucks is nothing right we <laughs> right. have uh we're it's you know you everyone's hitting that during a during a big game right like people are getting big numbers i, I just don't think I think it got blown up a bit. I just wanted to sort of bring it up as like a separate conversation, not about the the storm around it, but more so just like, you know, what do we think? Because I think yeah. it's a, an interesting conversation. Okay, I know these two are going to go a little bit quicker, but let's just finish the thought off. Uh, Teddy Bluger wearing 53, made famous by Bo Horvat. Horvat was the first player in Canucks history to wear 53, and now Bluger quickly becomes the second player to wear number 53. No biggie. That's his former jersey number. Oh, Whatever. That's a baller move. That's a baller move right there. That's cool. Walk in, you know, it's, it's again, because Horvat left on good terms until there was that one thing that uh, he sort of collectively decided like, oh, we're going to make this a thing because it's more yeah. fun. Right. It's funny. It's funny. Exactly. It was, but hatred and rivalry in sports is fun. Right. Yeah. And we, we, everyone loves to have a common enemy. And so for it to be like, oh, this guy, you know, turned tail on us. This is our new 53. He's going to do even better. And like, I don't know. Yeah. It's, I, I just <laughs> yeah. think, you know, I think it was just, this is a number that for years we sort of envisioned like, oh, that'll probably be retired one day. Right. Like he's always going to be the captain of the team for X amount of years. Yeah. He, he gets traded and, and four months later they're posting on Twitter, someone else in this number. I think yeah. that's cool. Okay. And speaking of hatred and revenge, I could not believe they gave, David Booth's old number seven to Carson Soucy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's an interesting, an interesting pull for seven. Uh, there might have been better options. Yes, yes, uh, yes. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. no, I, I, seven's a seven's a weird. It's not that weird of a defense number. I don't know. There's some there's some numbers that just I don't feel fit on defense. But seven feels like a. I think it's just Morrison that, that throws me off on there. I don't think yeah, seven's and, that weird. And, Cl and Cliff Ronning, too. Yeah, for the Canucks, yeah. you think of Ronning and, and Morrison for sure. Um, but then I also think of, you know, the the Ors and Coffees and Borks. No, not Or, but a Coffee and Bork. They, didn't they wear 7 or 77? Maybe they both were 77. Now I can't even picture it. I don't that know. Was before my time. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. <laughs> I need to look it up as we're talking. Famous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah what, go what ahead. Did, what, did, what did Susie wear in Seattle? 28 no that's why so him him and oh. cole were 28 last year yeah interesting okay so that so makes they sense give it to, yeah they give it to the of that yeah I, I don't know what the <laughs> I don't know. yeah yeah I don't know how so that relates 
But you've heard of Paul Coffey, right? Yes, I've heard of okay, Paul Coffey. <laughs> so Paul, Co- Paul Coffey did the, wear number that's six. What, that's, what the, the, that's what Coffey's named after, right? He found Coffey. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly how it's spelled, too. Yeah. Uh, so Paul Coffey and Phil Esposito were among the famous players to wear mm. number seven. So, yeah, you're right. Not, not a lot of the famous defensemen. That's, that's fair. That's a fair comment, right. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> That was funny. That was good. That was good. Um, uh, So that's the numbers, I guess. Fun. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. fun, fun. uh, Kalamazoo. Yes. Best name in all of cities. Mm -hmm. Do you know where Kalamazoo is? I'm guessing Michigan. I was my guess, too. So it probably is right. Uh, Let's look it up. (laughs) It is in Michigan. Uh, yes. it is, uh, they got 73,000 people there. Good for them. Wow. Yeah. While you're look, looking up Kalamazoo facts, uh, Lucas, another donation. Thank you, Lucas. Appreciate it. Cleanse your booth juju with a Susie Jersey clay. Well, I, I, as much as I like, I want to cheer on Carson Susie. I think there's other players that I'll, I'll get uh, before that, but, uh, I'll keep that in mind. Thank well, you. you Lucas. Ha- <laughs> don't you have a booth? Something? Yeah. That's the, that's Scherzi the whole joke. Or? No, I bought it. Just. Just a rip full the fledged name bar off. Yeah. I, there's, yeah. There's no, I see on there. Yeah. I have a full fledged David Booth jersey. In fact, I have two because we also wanted the jersey off his back one year. <laughs> not one, but two. two I, I, I have. The, you are yeah. the only person whose last name is not Booth that owns multiple David Booth jerseys. Two of them right here. Two that's, of them. That's impressive. So the Canucks have had. Impressive. Canucks have uh, worked with Kalamazoo twice, I believe. Prior to this, correct? Like two different stints. Yeah, if you had told yeah. me, I mean, I saw the headline pop. I'm like, oh, I didn't know they weren't. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Right. Like right. I, right. I don't really follow the 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 coast very well. So. Yeah. 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 So what does it mean? What's the true effect? It means the Canucks have another place to park their guys that aren't even good enough for Abbotsford. Is that basically what right. it comes down to? Yeah. yeah. So that's their. Th- I, I guess guys in the AHL can get sent down. That's yeah. it's the third the third string, right, um, right, right. Yeah, but yeah, like who do we know of that's gonna go there? Right, like everyone. Well, I, not many people go from the coast and make it to the NHL. Correct. But I, I did the the articles I saw about it today, Parker. They're talking about the goalies actually, because right. if you yeah if if you say that there are five, uh, technically six, Demko, Silas, Martin, uh, Sachinko, to 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 that guy. And uh, yeah, him. And then there's a there's another guy, um, the the big guy that we drafted like three years ago, whose name is even harder to say than those guys. You know what I'm talking about? It was like some massive guy. Oh shucks, I have to look well, him up. Almost every goalie is massive now. I can yeah, but this guy's really really quick. This guy's really massive. Like, look, three or four years ago, we drafted some I guy. Said tilapia. That wasn't his name. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just Tilopio. I just said yes. <laughs> Uh, what is tilapia? Is that a fish? It, yeah, it's a, yeah. I'm hungry now. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just said Parker needs some dinner. Uh, yeah, I don't look know. Up. I don't, <laughs> um, Come on, someone in the chat, help me out. It's this big goalie that we drafted. Um, oh gosh, what's his name? This is really great for the podcast listeners. Just hearing me struggle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, when did they draft him? Like three or four years ago. I'm looking He's at all the names. None yeah. of these stand out as names I've ever heard before. Uh, was like, it uh, Kostkenvo? Like yes, him. He's 6'4". He's not that big. Well, compared to me, he's big. So yeah, where is he like, right now? All goalies are big. Yeah, there. Uh, time for hockey. Cost, right he there. played in Harvard last year. Oh, okay. He, but this says he played two games. And put up an 8.75 in just okay. two games. So, but let let's say that he's still in our system. Then you have two goalies in Vancouver. You have two goalies in Abbotsford, and yet now you can have two goalies in Kalamazoo. Yeah, I don't know anything about this guy. Is he still Kos- our property? Kos- I don't know. That's what I'm trying to check. Uh, yes, the Canucks do own his rights, according to Elite Prospects. He played five games for Finland this year, two of which yes. were in the World Juniors. He put up an 8.42 in the World Juniors. Yikes. And he has two games for So did he play seven games last year? Is that it? 
like five games in for the Finland under 20 team and then two games for Harvard. That doesn't seem good for development. So maybe I wouldn't be too concerned about him. Okay. But my point being, it's another place to stash, not just stash a goalie, but have a goalie play. Yeah. Yeah. Goalies are really the only time that coast players push up. Right. Because if you're the fifth, if you're the number five goalie in a system and you can't play in junior anymore, because goalies don't usually make it to the NHL until they're mid twenties anyways. Right. uh, Yeah. It makes sense that they'll, they'll get a couple of years and at least the AHL. And then if you already got some prospects, then down the coast. And I do, I do remember this. Uh, uh, it's a funny story. Parker was before I met you, but as you know, my cousin Dusty, a former uh, you know uh, minor league goalie and Olympic goalie and goalie coach. So there was one crazy thing where it was the Kings and their affiliate was, um, uh, gosh, Ontario Rain, and then whatever was below them. So both uh, it's something like both Kings goalies got injured. So both Rain goalies had to go up, and then then both uh, third string. Yeah, shift up, which one of them was my cousin's kid, Dusty's son, but then they didn't have a backup. So they signed my cousin Dusty as the goalie coach for a one-day contract. So he backed up his son playing for the Ontario Reign. Yeah, it was a really, really cool story. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Hmm. All to say, okay, so uh, it's only a one-year agreement, but at least they will have more say then as a true affiliate, they'll have more say in the development of the players as opposed to lending a player to a ECHL team and then hoping that he gets some ice time, right? There's a, right. There's a big difference there. There's a big difference there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and then one more Canucks-related somewhat news. All right. Uh, and that's AV. AV retired officially. Wow. Uh, I didn't even notice this, this happened uh, five days ago. Uh, Vanio announced his retirement. Best, best coach in Canucks history. Yeah, he's got to be. Uh, Most successful. Above, oh. Yeah. Would you put him above Quinn? Yeah, Quinn. Yeah. Uh, see, I get Quinn, the coach, mixed up with Quinn, the general manager, who pulled right. off some really good trades. Yeah. Yeah, maybe yeah, Vigneault, I, just I mean, recently by bias. definitely most successful. Most, I don't know about it. Most impactful, but like, like. Yeah the best this team has ever been was under him. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 He never won a cup. eh? I guess. Well, no one did here. I know, oh, oh, sorry. Him overall. Didn't like, he, he win? Um, he was on, he was on so many good teams. Oh yeah. He coached the Rangers when they lost to LA, right? I think so. Yeah. Does that sound right? Does that sound right? Yeah. That does sound right. And then he, uh, yeah, that was his first year with the Rangers. Mm. And then they lost in the conference final the next year. And then, yeah, he coached the Flyers for a few years. Do you remember that? I don't remember him coaching the Flyers <laughs> at all. Yes. Do you remember that clip of, uh, of uh, Vern Fiddler skating by the bench? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and imitating BX and Vigneault just losing it. <laughs> yeah, that is the best. No, he's great. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's too bad. I was, Parker, I was at the game uh, in the 2013 playoffs when they got swept by the Sharks. So Sharks hosted game one and game two. We hosted game three and game four, and we got swept, so game four was a loss. And as I watched Vigneault uh, walk across the ice, because that's what they had to do at the time, to their tunnel, yeah, I think everyone knew that that was, that the, the window had closed kind of thing, right. and that, that he was going to get canned that summer, which is really too bad, yeah. Because mm-hmm. do you remember who was after uh, Vigneault for one season? Yeah, I sure do. Unfortunately, yeah. and yeah. It, who, that guy's back in the league too. <laughs> of course he is. Of course. Yes. Yes. Always. Uh, always. No, video was good. The, I forgot. Yeah, that was the lockout season too, eh? Yep. Twenty thirteen. Yep. And then yeah, yep. he went to the Rangers. The Rangers. His might be right. The year they lost in the finals. You know how many points they had? Well, the, it was it a full season. Yeah, it was a full season. They had okay, ninety six the, points. So you're saying they that's barely, low? Yeah, they, and they, they got they must have barely made it in, right? I mean, they were at yeah. 45, 31, and six. Um, and the following year they had like 113. So they took a big jump mm. and they lost in the conference final. Yeah. It was surprising right. that Rangers team never got over the hump either. That was his theme though. He got teams to the dance. Yep. Yep. Wonder where, uh, Rick Tockett's going to end up on that. Uh, yeah, that, um, that list when all is said and done. I know it's so early. He's only coached whatever, 40 games or whatever. 
but I don't know. I, I must say I, I'm not not too far of a tangent, but I'm just, I'm just saying that um, I know I wasn't very confident in Rick Tockett when he came here. And I granted their season, you know, the teams lightened up, da da da, nothing to play yeah. for. But I, I'm I'm really uh, optimistic for Tockett. I really am. It seems like the the players have bought into what he's selling. Yeah, I. I again, I feel like we haven't had any sample size yet. Like just the fact that it was the season was already a write off by the time he came in. Yeah. To the point where, like, I don't know. I don't think you can really judge anything off of that. I I mean, really, the start of the season is going to really be the test, right? Sure. Where are they 12 games in? Are they three and nine again, essentially? Right. Because then it's going to be like, okay, then, you know, I'm going to be checked out pretty quick. Um, but mm-hmm. if they're if they show tangible steps, and again, that's not going to all be on the coach because I think this team is going to be it's different on paper. It, it might be better. I I, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I hope. Yeah. Um, it's got to be. It's got to be. I I mean, not like not having Horvat scoring on the pace that he was scoring when the team was still that bad, right? True. That's that's something missing. But also at the beginning of the year, you had um, you know Miller was awful, so maybe that sort of balances out and then you have defensemen <laughs> again, man, if this team can kill a penalty, they, they can be good. <laughs> yes. If they can yes. have like an 81% penalty kill, they, they'll be a decent team. If they have a 60% yeah. penalty kill again, they are dead. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. And not, not, and then yes, if you have an 80% penalty kill and Demko is healthy and the defenseman can and yeah yes that's a big part of the eighty one percent penalty kill. <laughs> I'm assuming if <laughs> if your penalty kill is going that well, you're probably getting good goaltending, that's uh, right, and decent defense as well. That's fair. Hopefully. You know, we joked uh, before we get to the people. We joked around earlier and we said, "Oh, do we have to? Talk, should we talk about this?" But I want to bring it up because it's just kind of funny. So Rachel Dory appeared on the on the Scare Surprise Show, and she quite with authority and with assertiveness, she said. I'm pretty sure she didn't say I know, but she said I'm pretty sure that the bonus, this this big bonus that we keep hearing about for Tyler Myers, I'm pretty sure it's being paid out already. And if not, they are allowed to pay pay it out early um, as long as they get permission. But I'm pretty sure that it, pay, it got paid out early. So then, of course, uh, people that watched that one were like, "Oh, good! Now it's he'll be easier to move." Da da da. And then David Quadrelli of Canucks Army then quickly refuted that the next day. Said talked to Canucks and they said, "No, the bonus has not been paid out early because doing so would circumvent uh, CBA rules or whatever." And then, lo and behold, Rachel Dory sends out a, a tweet saying, "Well, okay, but if they wanted to, <laughs> if they wanted to pay it early, they could." Da da da. So she didn't really walk it back. She didn't. Not that she had to apologize, but it just. Um, uh, yet another, this wasn't a fiasco or a debacle. It's just kind of interesting how everyone is so hungry for Canucks news and especially news yeah. that they would think would be advantageous for their team. And it was all for naught, basically. It is weird to me that, like, so this is the Quadrilli tweet. The Canucks yeah. have not, will not be paying the bonus early. It would be deemed to be circumventing the salary cap. How? I don't, know. I don't get that. Because if the bonus had been, let's say, due July 1. Yep. Instead of September one, it would have no impact on the cap whatsoever. Yeah, like I don't, like I believe him. I because the NHL's dumb and it makes yep. sense. But like, <laughs> why would that be cap circumvention? It doesn't make sense. Like, oh, we're gonna we're just gonna pay him early. I guess for trade purposes, like you're you're trading money because I guess trading money isn't really a thing. Oh, there's retained salary, but you you can't trade money in the NHL like you can in like. MLS or something like that, where he is actually like money to trade. Maybe yeah. that's why. I don't know. It just seems like such an arbitrary thing to be like, nope, you got to pay the, you can't pay him early because then right. you're cheating somehow. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear what you're saying. And I guess in the bigger scheme of things, uh, people that have been following the Canucks or at least uh, know that Rachel Dory worked for the team for only half a season. Then she got uh, let go. And I think that matters still in front of the courts, the way that she was let go. But uh, I know a lot of people um, do not believe everything that Rachel Dory says, especially when it comes to what uh, her former employer. So just wanted to throw that out there for people to chew on as they are doing in the chat. By the way, Revenge of the Sith, sixth, Revenge of the Sixth. Thank you. Another donation. Uh, Parker, are, are you ready to go to the people? This might be a good way to start us off. Let's do it. Who overachieves, who underachieves next season? Oh boy. Overachieves. I'm taking Teddy Bluger. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, yep. 
I, I think he'll... I mean, I think he'll be playing with line mates that can maybe do something with him, right? If it is, let's say, Pearson Hoaglander, I think you might be looking at a guy who has a a bit of a career year, potentially. Um, yep. However, yep. I could also see him being the underachiever <laughs> in that regard. Um, as for underachieving, man, it's tough. I, I'm, I'm a little wary of Susie. I, I'm sort of sticking with the new guys. Um, yeah, I'm a little nervous because everything we've heard is like it, it seemed like a safe bet, et cetera, et cetera, and it probably will be fine. But there's also yeah. like the well, he couldn't even really stick in the top four in Seattle, and it's like is our bar set so low based on the defending that we've seen from this team that we're like, oh, save us, save us, number five defenseman, play with Quinn Hughes, <laughs> right? Like who knows? I'm so happy you answered Susie as your underachiever because. I'm hoping that he's our overachiever because exact yeah. exact same kind of lines that you're thinking, Parker, because all we've heard is you're right. He was a third pairing and he couldn't even crack top four in Seattle. Are we expecting too much for him to be a top four here? And that's, that, that's perfectly aligned with a uh, potential overachiever for me. And I, I do think Ian Cole actually could overachieve. We just didn't know him as a solid 34-year-old guy who's, who's classy when it comes to cha- uh, choosing jersey numbers. I've seen some highlights. I really like what he does. He's got an offensive flair. He can skate well enough, and he's mean. Um, I would love him to be our overachiever. For underachiever, I'm, you know, I'm going to pick... Uh, I'm going to pick Connor Garland if he's still on the team. I think it's just going to add to the frustration. Uh, people are not, they're going to see his numbers and, and they're going to think, well, this guy doesn't get a lot of points. Then others will say, well, five and five, he's great. He just doesn't get any power. Play. I don't know. I just, for Garland, as much as I liked him when he got here, I just think he's going to be saddled with that, that label while he's here. Yeah, maybe. Yep. That's definitely plausible. I, I think you could have picked anyone on these lists, really, except Patterson <laughs> and right. had like a reasonable shot. Sure, sure. Uh, we'll get to other questions, but we want to honor donations to Lucas. Another donation. Thank you. What would be your biggest hot take for 2324 and why? Hmm. Biggest hot take. I presume he's saying Canucks. I, oh, no, I, I pres- it's not say all takes. No, welcome, but I, I we'll, we'll stick Canucksy, I guess. Uh, mm, I can only think of negative things. <laughs> is that is that bad? Uh. If I had a negative, if I could make a negative prediction, I don't know if this yeah. comes. I I hope it doesn't. I don't think it does. Yeah. I I mean, I, the Canucks get like eighty four points again this year. <laughs> oh, right. I like it. like I, like I, it. I I could I could really see that happening because yeah. again, like there's been changes, but we've had nothing really tangible. Right. right. There's been nothing right. like, oh wow, we got a big upgrade. Right. Yeah. And Heronic might be that, yeah. but he also might not. Um, it could, they could have just, it could again, just be a bunch of guys in a blender that don't work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I yep. just, it's hard not to have that pessimism, pessimism with how bad the team has been. Sure. I got a positive one for you. How about this for a hot take? Quinn Hughes is a Norris trophy finalist, not necessarily winning it, but finishes top, top three. three. Have yeah. any time for that Parker? Any time for that? Playing with who? Ian Cole. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't think I don't look. Quinn Hughes is great. I don't yeah. know if he has a good enough defense partner. Fair enough. Fair enough. Good point. I, I like, good point. I, and again, that's not his fault. Right. Yeah. But I, I you know, uh, if he, he's not, he's not going to be a plus 50. Yep. Right. This year. He's just not. And I, the thing is with Norris voting, right? How many people are just staring down the plus minus and the points? I know. And, I know. You know, the Eastern, they don't watch. They, they can't stay up this late, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Right. Like that whole thing. Need more, but need more I, I, I do have time for it. I would love that. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Edmund Besser finally hits 30 goals or has a better plus minus season. I, I don't think it's either or he's just saying, could anything, could either of these things happen? Does he hit 30 goals? No. No? No, I'm playing this statistics game. He hasn't done it yet. Probably doesn't do it again. Um, he set a career high in assists last year. Uh, he's sort of changed his game a little bit. Um, the, the shot just isn't... It's not his thing anymore. Like it, It's just not the same. Um... He's, He's got to be better, better than a, a plus minus. Yeah, minus 20. 
<laughs> yeah, and again, playing the statistics game, he's never been below a minus five before. Yeah. So probably, he'll probably be better. Wow. I'll say no and then yes. Okay, I'll go with that. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. Um, Peter says Myers pulls off a Forsberg move this year. <laughs> that I want to say- see. Yeah, I'm going no. Probably not. <laughs> um, let's see here. Jaskaran says Bluger could be a Jason Dickinson if he underachieves. Oh, man, I was so excited for that signing, too. I think it's I, I like him. The thing is, it, he can't be, though. It's a one-year deal. Right? Yep. Like, the Canucks can just get out. There's no, there's no second-round pick. And Riley Stillman. Oh, Riley Stillman. Riley Stillman. Oh, wow. The team is better. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, did you hear the stat too, Parker? That, uh, presuming, it's Hughes, Cole, Susie, Hronik, whatever. Pick one. of Breezeball, Willannon, Hirose, and Myers. I pick Willannon. Okay, fine. So let's go with Willannon Miners. Because Myers was hurt at the start of the se- last season, only one guy, Quinn Hughes, of this year's starting six D-men projected, started the team last year. Isn't that crazy? Because of Shen. Do you have any wood the- around you to knock on? Sure. Just because someone's going to get hurt now that you said that. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know, I know, I know. We're going to be more, I'm going to be more positive. Yeah. I'll be more positive. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, that, yeah. Is, that is big. Uh, and yep. uh, again, a, a big thing is going to be the penalty kill. Um, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like what? Like is is he, is Ian Cole a good penalty killer? Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, cool. Cole and like, Cole, Cole and Susie are both penalty good penalty killers, but they are also the most penalized guys in their own teams. <laughs> so they're in the box instead of killing the penalty. But that when they're not the in the worst. box, they're great. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. Put them out there with Patterson, right? Yeah. On a PK, and like yeah. you might be able to turn some things around, right? That might be that might be big. And related, power ranked these four left-shot D-men battling for the third spot. I think, oh, I know. Willannon, Hirose, Breezebaugh, and Irwin. That power ranked those four. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, I, I am not high on Irwin. Yeah. Just, Insurance. Just, you know, yeah, he's, yeah. He's going to be a depth guy that probably plays like nine games this year. Um, yeah, be a press box mm-hmm. guy. Um, sure. Yeah, I, I would go that order. I'll just answer this one real quick because I, I know Shannon always wanted to learn more. Yes, Shannon, every team plays 82 games and there's no magic number. It's based on the top eight, but it usually falls between 95 and 97 points, usually. So yeah. you got to be about 13 to 15 games over 500. Not easy. Not easy. It's not an easy sport. No. Playoffs are hard to get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we have a weird point system where you get rewarded for losing, but, you know. Yeah. It should be the three-point yeah. system. That should Isn't we'll it do weird? an episode yeah. on that. We Let's should. Do, How, we should do yeah. an episode on rules we'd change. That would be awesome. Would be one. That would be one. Yeah. Yeah. And we're getting rid of offside. All right. Uh, sure. <laughs> just for the, the fun. Um, Fangirl <laughs> with, uh, I can't even see it. It hasn't even popped up in here. Uh, with the $7. Thank you very much. Wow. Uh, what would a Prime BXA and Edler be worth in today's market? Probably a ton. Yeah, I'll let you answer this because uh, she asked me this in my stream last night and I did answer for BX at least, so take a shot. It's tough, right? I mean, yeah. where do we go on on comparables, right? There's been some big defenseman trades, right? Like a mm-hmm. Philip Ronick, right? Yeah. Basically went for the equivalent of a Bo Horvat. Yep. And a little, eh, about the same, I would say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're talking a, a mid first and, and a second, essentially, mm-hmm. right? And you can... Yeah. I, and I think that might be BXI. I bet Edler's worth a little more at his prime right. too. So, yeah, and if we were a lot, and I think I think at least the way uh, Fangirl explained it to me, I think she wants dollar amount. So I said BXI would be about a five million dollar defenseman right now. Is that fair? Five million? Yeah, I would say he'd probably get a like a five by five. Like you'd okay. get some term, and Edler, Edler would get would more, be closer yeah. to like seven five. Yeah, Prime Edler, I agree, I agree, yeah. I agree. Yep. In current cap world. Yes. 
So the NBA announced a midseason tourney. I don't know if you saw that, Parker, where they're actually no. um, they they divvied their teams up into different pools. So they're going to have different games that do not count towards the standings. Yet they want to make it where it's almost as prestigious as winning the NBA. Fight. I don't know how they're going to do that. So Lucas, thank you for the donation. Says, would you like to see a midseason NHL tourney? Hmm. Is it replacing the All Star game? Uh, that I don't know. That I don't know. Because if so, then sure. <laughs> um, well, I, I don't think I, I don't think teams. You, it ha, it would have to get prestige, right? Which wouldn't happen in the first one, right? Yep. Like it would it, it would be like oh yeah it's a little shinny tournament before the you know the you know leading up to the finals or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's weird. It is. Yeah. Cause, I, cause I, how I many games would you have to play? Right? I, I thought it was like you have to win your pool. Uh, so you I don't play know round is. robin with a you have a what a five team five team pool. Yep. So you play five games and then maybe th- up to three more. So it's sixty seven games total. Oh, but the games count against your regular season record. Oh, that part I didn't know. Wow. How does that work? Because some teams will play more than others. Maybe and only the round robin go by point percentage. Who maybe, knows? Yeah, maybe. Maybe only. I don't know. I'm just trying to read this as I go. That's weird. Yeah. It's a neat idea. I would much rather have a World Cup, like a real Me too. one. Yeah. <laughs> right. Where there's like 16 countries involved or something, and it's <laughs> real. Um, much more so than this, but that does seem yeah. cool. I agree. Yeah. Why? Like what? You're watching. Okay, so it's November and December. Tournament games are Tuesday and Fridays. So it's like, yeah, interspersed games in your regular season. That's weird. Because it's not like you're not dialed in fully to it. Um, But, man, those games would probably be awesome to watch, right? Like, they'd be very exciting. Mm -hmm. High stakes. Interesting. Weird. I don't think they'd do it just because injuries. Although, if it is accounting for your regular season record, maybe. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah, Lucas, juries, I like the idea, but I, I, yeah, obviously we can say this about anything. I, I want to learn more, though. I want to learn more. Mm-hmm. Good question, though. Good question. Mm-hmm. All right, we are at 11.02, so it might be time to wrap up. You going to share the news? Share the news? Yeah, so we are going a little, I'm, I'm surprised we have this many people in here, honestly, for a dead news July day. Um, however, um, Clay is going away for a little bit. Uh, and because of that, we are modifying the schedule. Um, so we are going to be going bi-weekly for the summer. Uh, so we'll do every other Monday, 10 p.m. Um, until probably early September, maybe. So just the next two months, essentially. Um, so you'll basically get four fewer shows. So it's not that big of a deal. Makes the other ones feel more special. Macy has more excited, hopefully. Um, to come do them and maybe gives us two weeks of topics to, to build up instead of just one um, because it does get difficult to when it's, you know, August 3rd and nothing's happened for, for three weeks. Um, so that's the plan. Uh, Clay just put it in the chat, July 24th, August 7th, August 21st, and then probably so August 21st. And then we'll probably do like, yeah, September 4th. And then we're back in it. 11th, yep. 18th, 25th, we're back. So make sure you're subscribed so uh, and turn on notifications so you get those. If you missed any part of this show, you can rewind back to the beginning here on YouTube or find it on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, it'll be up on your favorite podcast platform in about 15 minutes. You can catch it on the way to work tomorrow. Clay, any parting words this fine Monday evening? Yeah, no, I was very grateful for the amount of people that were in here, the, the people that gifted memberships and gave donations. Thanks to all of you. And yes, uh, because I'll be away in Peru... On July 31st, Parker and I were like, well, should we just take one week off? That doesn't make sense. It's kind of weird. So given that we anticipate slow news, we, we, you know, we can always come on here if something breaks or one of us could. But yeah, we said, okay, well, why don't we, we make it every two weeks and, and starting this week? Then it, 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 perfect. it captures that 31st week. So hopefully that makes sense. It, it keeps us fresh. It'll keep you uh, interested. And uh, we'll try it. And if the feedback is 
you guys want us every single week. I don't know why you'd want that, but if you do, then we will look at that for, for next summer. But for now, this is what we're going to try because, and we'll just see, kind of see how it goes. Having said that, I guess we're kind of in wait mode now. Are they going to start talking to Pedersen's agent? Maybe. No rush. We've talked about that. Is Tyler Myers going to get moved? Maybe. No rush. According to Rachel Dory, yeah. But uh, we'll see what happens. But otherwise, let's enjoy this slow build towards training camp. I guess Young Stars first, then training camp, then preseason. Yeah, the Canucks posted on Twitter the other day like a Kuzmenko graphic, and it was like 96 days till the regular season. <laughs> and it's like, that's way too long to be posting something like that. Because I didn't realize it was that far, and now I'm sad. So that, <laughs> I, that's even, makes I it even worse. Baseball. Yes, three months. Three months. Like, I, I'm watching baseball now. That seems bad. Either way. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you all for watching. Make sure you hit like. Make sure you subscribe. Do all that good stuff. Thank you all for joining and we will catch you on the 24th.